This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow. All in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Hello and welcome to Ascent Dental Radio, a program dedicated to the balance between the clinical aspect of healthcare and the business of healthcare. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Coughlin. This is Dr. Kevin Coughlin, owner and creator of Ascent-Dental-Solutions, with a focus on education, development, training, and coaching. I'm excited today to bring to you a guest, Mr. Doug Foresta, who specializes in podcasting for businesses. In full disclosure, I created Ascent Dental Solutions some time ago and noticed that it was sputtering. And after meeting Mr. Foresta, he introduced me to the concept of podcasting and what it could do for my business. And I cannot explain how it has rocketed to a more successful level that I never dreamed possible. So with no further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Doug Foresta. Doug, thanks so much for taking time with this podcast. Can you just give me a little background about yourself and the business, please? Well, thank you so much, Kevin, and thanks for having me on. You know, I actually started off podcasting, and when I first started podcasting, I didn't even know what podcasting was. I moved here to Massachusetts from New York in my late 20s and went back to school became a therapist and I wanted to get the word out about what I was doing and the work that I was doing and thought I would go into radio and at the time I was working with a business coach and I said why don't I go into radio and she said to me well do you know anything about radio and I said no and she said do you have any connections in radio and I said no and she said well why don't you try podcasting and I said what is podcasting and I started off podcasting as a way to get my own message out and over time people started asking me how do you do that how do you do podcasting? Can you help me with podcasting? I never thought when I started doing it that I would be helping anyone else. It was never my intention to do that. But as I found it to be very effective, other people wanted help with it. And so here I am. Well, we're glad you're here. And we're uh, excited about not only what you've done for my business, but what you can do for other businesses. Could you briefly explain some uh, the diverse clients that you're currently dealing with. Sure. I mean, one of the nice things about podcasting is it works for such a wide range of people and organizations. I can tell you that I currently have a, a large portfolio of clients in government, nonprofit, probably because of my social work background. But I have, I produce podcasts for the National Association of Workforce Boards, California Workforce Association, San Diego Metro Career Centers, as well as uh, lots of speakers and coaches and authors. I've, I've trained 
um, literally hundreds of speakers and coaches from all over the world to do podcasting. And I produce podcasts for people, including uh, speakers, uh, including Jennifer Brown, who is a inclusion and diversity expert and, and many other coaches, speakers, authors. I think that the common thread between all of the different organizations and people that I help is a desire to create some type of positive change in the world. So that that probably would be the common thread. But that's what's so cool about podcasting is that you can really, you know, whether you're a nonprofit organization or for-profit, I also produce podcasts for Insurance Licensing Services of America. So really a wide range of, really, really, truly a, quite a, a wide range of people and organizations. But again, I think that the, the common thread being a theme of creating positive change in the world and a, the desire to use podcasting as a way to get the message out in a larger way. Well, I know most of our listeners are in the healthcare industry, and in particular with an emphasis on oral health and dentistry. But one of the things that I found that was so amazing with the podcast is the diversity of the listeners and the contacts that I've been able to make with your expertise and your knowledge. Just briefly, I was able to do a podcast with a Ms. Deborah Rue, who has just a phenomenal background in, in expertise in communication and healthcare, and along with several other individuals. In particular, I'm now talking to the Kellogg Foundation on oral health and how to improve it for children. And recently we did a podcast with uh, Judith Brown, who coaches, she teaches, and consults on inclusion in the office for Fortune 500 companies. All of this would not have occurred without the expertise of your business, your contacts, and podcasting in particular. Is that common, or have I just been exceptionally lucky? One of the things that I think people don't realize about podcasting, you know, people ask me, what's the difference between podcasting and radio? I think one of the ways of looking at podcasting is absolutely it's a broadcasting tool, but it's also an amazing networking tool. And I'll tell you when I when I realized this was I had, I remember I was sitting in Barnes & Nobles. We live in Western Massachusetts. I was in a Barnes & Nobles in Holyoke, Massachusetts. And I was reading a book called Imagination First by Scott Noppy Brandon. And this book was talking about the power of imagination in education and workforce and I thought to myself, boy, I'd love to get involved with the work that they're doing. And I thought I'd love to inter interview the author. Well, the thing is that the the author of that book, Scott, was at the time the executive director of the Lincoln Center Institute for the Arts. And I thought, well, there's no way that you know they're going to come on my podcast. But I, I reached out and almost immediately I heard back from them. And it was really funny because... You know, I thought, well, why would they do this? And we did the interview, went really well. And afterwards, I thought, you know, I'd like to run one of these imagination conversations that they have. At the time, they were doing these conversations all across the United States in every state. And so I reached out. They said, well, we already did one with the governor of Massachusetts. And I thought, well, I'm not the governor, but you know, I thought, what about doing one in the western part of the state? From that, I was able to facilitate an imagination conversation. From that, I was then invited to something called America's Imagination Summit. And there were all of these amazing people there. There were uh, NASA astronauts, the the people from IDEO, all these amazing companies and organizations. Deepak Chopra was there, Sir Ken Robinson, whose TED Talk has been watched more than any other TED Talk. And I, 
you know, when I went there, they said, you know, I said, hi, my name is Doug Foresta. And they said, oh, we recognize you from your podcast. And that's when I think I realized the power that podcasting has in terms of being able to get the word out and, and connect with other people. So, yes, podcasting is a great broadcast tool, but it's also a great way to get access and to meet people that you would just never meet otherwise. And for that reason alone, I think podcasting is such a, a powerful tool. Well, I would say uh, I, I'm 100% convinced of that analogy. I've seen it in my own business, uh, Ascent Dental Solution. Let me ask you another question, Doug. Is there particular metrics that someone new to podcasting, like myself and people listening, if they wanted to go in it, do you expect 50 people to listen to the podcast, 50 million people? Is there a way or a metric system to determine how powerful this is, and is it working for you as an individual or a group? That's a really great question, and I can tell you that the average number of downloads, according to Libsyn, which is the leading podcast hosting service, the average number of downloads for a podcast episode over 30 days is 160 downloads. So that gives you some kind of idea of a metric of, you know, if you're, if you're doing better than that, you're doing better than average. But it really is a good question because one of the first things that I ask clients to think about when they start a podcast is what does success mean for you? For me, when I first started with podcasting, I wasn't really worried about making money from it. I wanted to get my message out in a bigger way. I wanted to build up thought leadership. But for other people, you know, it might be podcasting as a way to get more opens for your email list, which might ultimately mean that you're trying to get more, uh, sell more products and services, get more clients. So it really depends. You have to decide for yourself some of the organizations that I work with that are nonprofits, they definitely, their goal isn't necessarily the goal of making more money, but it might be getting more people to utilize their services or staying top of mind with clients. So you really have to decide for yourself, what does success look like for you? And it, actually, my number one piece of advice before you start a podcast is to really think about it and make sure that you know what success looks like for you. Because Otherwise, if you, you know, that's saying if you don't know where you're going, you'll probably end up somewhere else. So it's really important to decide for yourself what that metric of success is. But certainly you can watch the downloads and see if you're growing your listener base and audience base. That should certainly be at least one part of that metric of success. And for some of the listeners here that may not be familiar with podcasts, this podcast, how does the vast majority of people download it right what are the actual steps and systems right to download a podcast so that uh the listeners have access well that's another great question kevin what i can tell you is that itunes is definitely the the primary way from what we know from watching the statistics is that itunes is the behemoth of podcasting and people are accessing itunes via their iphones and now we have as well iHeartRadio, google play stitcher radio which are allowing people to listen from their Android phones. Podcasting is definitely a mobile trend. I would say that one, that's one of the nice things about podcasting is you can listen to it, you can download it to your mobile device and listen to it on your tablet, your iPad, your iPhone, or your Android phone, whenever you want. Having said that, you know, one of the things I hear people say is, well, what if, you know, what if I have an audience that isn't really mobile savvy? And what I have found is that we can get people to listen to your podcast in a variety of ways. And you can send it out as a link in an email. You can put it, I definitely recommend doing this, putting it as a player on your website. So even for people who, let's say, aren't that savvy with 
with getting a podcast off of iTunes and don't normally listen to podcasts, if you put that podcast on your website, put that player there, that gives you an opportunity for people to very easily just click on a player and be able to listen to a podcast, even if they don't go to iTunes. So really, depending on your audience, you can tailor the ways that people do listen to your podcast. That's a nice segue because almost every dentist and healthcare provider that I'm aware of, they have a website. So right. you'd strongly recommend that the podcast be downloaded to the website so that there's access to it, not only along with iTunes and iHeart, but also on their uh, particular website? Absolutely. I definitely recommend putting the podcast on your website because, again, some people are going to find you on iTunes and Google Play and those other ways. But if you're getting traffic to your website, you've got a built-in audience of people that are already going to your website and just make it clear, make it easy for them to find and click on. And that's a great way to just get a head start in, in building that listener base. And I suppose my business with 14 dental practices, practicing dentistry full-time for the last 30-some-odd years, most of the dental offices that I'm associated with, we have some kind of marketing in the reception room. We have flat-screen TVs, right. which promote products, services, and care. And we promote these podcasts on those flat-screen TVs. So when people are sitting in the reception room, they have the ability to hear different topics. Exactly. Uh, would you recommend that also? Right. The bottom line is go where people are. If you know that that's where your audience is, go where they are. And that's just a great marketing principle in general. Absolutely. Some uh, short facts about podcasting. I sure. know when you were coaching me, mm -hmm. uh, introducing me into the, the strength of podcasting, generally you want to keep the podcast at what time frame uh, yeah. for an average listener? Well, what the data tells us is that from Edison Research that there's a drop-off after about 22 minutes of podcast listenership, which really correlates to the average uh, American commute. So we know that, you know, my recommendation is good average podcast length is 20 minutes. And, you know, people can can then subscribe on Stitcher Radio, soon to be on iHeartRadio, Google Play, etc. So if people are listening and they want to go do that. And we're trying to expose the healthcare profession in general, but dentistry in particular, the power and the strength of promoting a message that's interesting uh, to the general public and to our peers. And I can tell you with 14 dental practices, 150 employees, and practicing dentistry full-time for the last 34 years, there's very few things that I found that has created the reach and the power of podcasting. And I have to give a plug and full disclosure, I could tell you until I met Mr. Foresta, uh, I met Doug, he coached me, we talked about it, we came up with a strategy. Uh, it's been a tremendous shot in the arm for my personal self-satisfaction and the business. And I have no one to thank but you, and well, I you. say that publicly, and I say it in private. How can people get in touch with you, Doug? Uh, if they need additional information or perhaps your expertise developing their uh, podcast. Sure, they can go to dougforesta.net and if they go there, they can actually get a, a free a free gift there if they go to, again, it's dougforesta.net. Uh, they can also email me at dougforesta at gmail.com. I don't want to put you on the spot, but as we get ready to close today's podcast, can you give the listeners a general cost? What kind of investment 
would someone have to make to start this podcast sure. and get things rolling? Do you mind answering that question? Well, I can tell you that you know you can certainly learn this yourself, but it is something that you have to think about your time and and whether it's worth it for you. I mean, if you're a dentist and your job is your business, do you want to stop what you're doing to learn podcasting? And in the beginning, you know, I used to teach people podcasting, but it was really clear that people didn't want to learn how to do the technical aspects of podcasting. They just wanted it done. And so primarily now that's how I work with people is, you know, we handle all the back end, me and my team handle the back end of things. So you don't have to take time out of your business to learn podcasting. Uh, the other thing I'll tell you is that I would say that it's a, first of all, I tell people not to look at it as an additive cost, but rather to think of it as how could I switch over some of my marketing dollars from things that I'm doing in more traditional marketing to podcasting, which has a longer shelf life than a flyer or a brochure. And I could also tell you that it's it really is very cost effective when you think about comparing it to having a professional video done. I mean, you could literally have a year of podcasting for what it would cost you for maybe to produce one or two professional videos. So very, very cost effective. And like I said, you know, one of the things that I do is help you so that you don't have to you know, if you really decide podcasting is right for you, you don't have to waste your time, which is money, learning podcasting, learning the technical aspects of podcasting. And uh, just one last point I'd like to make. What I've personally learned is the frequency of the podcasts are also important. Yes. And uh, as I'm doing my own research and getting more familiar with the podcast system, someone who does a podcast once every other year isn't as effective, and yet some people do 10 podcasts a day, that's also may not be effective. In your expertise, what's perhaps the best rate uh, to promote a podcast, the, the, the number of times it should be done in a week, a month, or a year? I often say that podcasting is like exercise. You know, if you go to the gym once, you say, oh, I tried that, it didn't work, right? Podcasting is not one of those things that you can do once or twice and then walk away from it. The most important thing is consistency. So I have organizations that do podcasting once a month, but they do it consistently and they do well with it. I would recommend uh, at least once a month, ideally twice a month. And what I tell people is try it twice a month, see if you like it. And then you could move to weekly if you think that it's something that you really want to do. But at least give it, even if you do it once a month, you've just got to be consistent about releasing it at the same time every month and when you do, you're definitely going to see more results with two podcasts a month than one podcast a month. So consistency and don't overwhelm yourself, but give it at least give it some time and allow yourself to, to see what the results are. Well, Doug, I want to thank you so much for your expertise. I want to thank you personally for what you've done for me and my company, Ascent-Dental-Solutions. I hope our listeners have enjoyed tonight's podcast, and uh, I look forward to talking to you in the future. If you have any questions or comments about how you can uh, be helped by Ascent-Dental-Solutions, don't hesitate to reach out to me uh, and my contacts. Thank you again, Doug, for a wonderful uh, evening, and I appreciate your expertise. Thank you so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.